All right, thank you so much for being here this morning. Truly appreciate you coming. I hope this will be a help to you and an encouragement to you. Would you please take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And I'm so grateful for the last two weeks of, of sermons here at Bible Baptist. Um, I hate being preached to because it's usually convicting. Um, usually when I'm at least up here preaching, I've already been convicted, and so the Lord has already dealt with me. I get to do that privately, but uh, when those guys preached uh, the last two weeks, really, really helped me. So I'm so grateful to them uh, for allowing the Lord to use them. But Matthew chapter 15, we're going to continue on in our series of reaching out, reaching out. So I have a very important question for you this morning, and it's extremely important, and I need you just to stop and think about this, okay? So whatever you're doing right now, I want you to stop. In fact, let's have a word of prayer just to get us all on the same page. Here we go. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity that you've allowed us to be here this morning. Father, I pray that as we look at your word today, that it would be truly helpful to us, that it would change our attitude, that it would cause us to reach out to help other people and cause us to have a passion and a burden for those people that are around us. Father, we're so grateful for all you do for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Hallelujah, what a Savior that we have. Father, I pray that as we look at your word today, that you would change us, mold us into your image. And Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's my question, and I want you to seriously think about it. I don't, I don't want you just to fly off the handle and answer it right away, Okay. This is going to take just a little bit of thought, and I'll give you just a space of time to do it. I want you to take your time. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say it out loud, okay? Just think it in your mind, but think it through. Here's the question. If God could give you one thing for you today, what would that be? If you could ask God for one thing today, what would it be? Let me give it to you another way. If God would do you one favor today, what would you have him do? Let me give you just a second to think about that. What would you have God do? Raise your hand if you have an answer. Okay? All right, you can put your hand down. Now, likely, I think it's difficult for all of us to narrow it down just to one thing. Is that, is that correct? Sometimes for me, it's like, okay, well, this one's important and this one's important. Which one do I choose? Because if we're honest, all of us have lots of things that we have going on in our lives. We have lots of people around, all these different things. So it's hard for us sometimes to narrow it down to one thing. Likely there are many. But hold that one thing in your mind. Hold it there. You're not allowed to change your answer. Okay, because I have a follow-up question. Don't change your answer, but I want to ask you this. The one thing that you would ask God to do for you, was that for you or for someone else? You don't have to tell me, just think about it. You're not allowed to change your answer. Okay, you've thought of this one thing, was that for you or was that for someone else? Think about that just for a second. I'm afraid that often when we are confronted with one option, that we would want God to do something for us with one thing, oftentimes we will default 
to ourselves. We will default to something that is for us. That's my genuine, often, problem. We seem to always default to ourselves just like the disciples did again in this passage this morning. Our theme this year, as you can see on our screens, is reaching out. It's reaching out to the people around us. It's reaching out to other people. And it's so easy for us to look on our own needs and forget about the needs of other people. The reality is every single person in this room has a need, has something going on in their lives that they would love for God to come and just take care of right now. We all have things we want accomplished in our lives. We all have things that we need to do, but there are also many needs around us. You could take time just to look at at, at a few people sitting next to you. They have needs. Every one of them, we all have needs. There are people around us that are hurting. There are people around us that are struggling. There are so many people around us, maybe even in this room, that are sitting here with no hope, just struggling. So the question this morning, again, is will you reach out? Will you reach out? Matthew chapter 15, hopefully you're there already. Look with me in verse 21. We're just going to read verse 21 to start. The Bible says this, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. Okay, now I want you just to stop there because this verse just simply sets the stage for what is about to happen. Jesus and his disciples had gotten news just a few days prior that John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, had been killed. Very heavy on them. They had just fed 5,000 men with two fishes and five barley loaves. They had just been out to sea on a storm that was beating them up pretty badly. And all of the disciples witnessed as Peter, the bold, the brave one, steps out of the boat and walks on the water with Jesus. They just witnessed this. They witnessed Peter start going down. They witnessed Jesus lift him up. They witnessed Jesus step into the boat and the calm on the sea. They had just gotten berated by the scribes and the Pharisees about eating with, without washing their hands first. Literally berated. And so if you'll remember from a couple weeks ago, these men were in some serious need of some rest and relaxation. They still haven't had it. They still are struggling. They are still going about with all of these different things. So instead of trying to find a quiet place here in Israel, guess what they do? They depart to a coastal spot in which they can just relax. The spot is Tyre and Sidon. This was a Gentile place. This was outside of the Jewish place. And the book of Mark also tells us that they try to hide. The whole point of them going there was so that they could hide from other people. They didn't want anybody to see them. They didn't want anybody to know them. They just wanted to have some peace and quiet. For lack of a better statement, they wanted to take a little vacation to a seaside resort, so to speak, hoping that no one would recognize them. Anybody else ready for that right now? That'd be great. 
seaside resort, all the things. And the, Bible, the Bible even tells us in Mark that they went into one person's house hoping that they could hide from some people. So here they are. This is the setup. This is where they are. This is what's going on. And then we see verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Oh boy, they found me. Oh no, here we go, another one. Look at the response of Jesus. But he, being Jesus, answered her not a word. He didn't say anything to her. And watch, his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then came she and worshipped, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. How many of you are feeling pretty excited about what Jesus is doing here? Oh, Jesus, you're so compassionate about this today. Hey, you didn't even answer the first time. And then he says, listen, I'm not going to this. My point, the whole point of my ministry is to go to the children of Israel. And then he calls her a dog. Man, Jesus, you're so kind, so loving today. Listen, it's not the point of the message today to try to understand what Jesus was doing. The point of the message today is I see two attitudes today that come to Jesus. Two attitudes that come to Jesus and ask a question. The first attitude is simply this, a broken-hearted love. A broken-hearted love. You can hopefully see this and feel this. This lady comes to Jesus with one request and one request only. The request is, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Very simply, this young lady was demon-possessed. Possessed with a devil. This mother desperately wanted to see her daughter freed from this demonic possession. This is the request. Now I want you to notice a few details in the story that I think are important. Notice once again, this is not a Jewish lady. This is not a Jewish lady, this is a Gentile lady. In fact, the Bible uh, calls her here, in this, a Canaanite woman. In Mark, we see a, a, a Greek or a Syrophoenician woman. You say, why is this important to the story? Because Jesus was not called, his main earthly ministry was not to the Gentiles. His main earthly ministry was to the children of Israel, the Jewish people. That was his main earthly ministry. Now we understand what he did on the cross. That was for all mankind. That was for everybody. But what Jesus was doing here on the earth was mainly to the Jewish people. Now this was a Canaanite lady. Okay, again, in this time, culturally, it would have been a shame for any rabbi to be speaking alone with a lady. Let alone a Gentile lady. In fact, many times in the Bible, we see the Jewish people calling Gentiles, guess what, dogs. Many times. This was not a, a, oh, come little puppy, we love dogs. In fact, there's a curse word, I'm not going to say it in church, but there's a curse word that we would relate this to in our day and age. They're calling them 
a dog. Notice with me, though, that this is what she is. This is who she is. But notice that she cries out for mercy, not for her daughter, but look at what the word is. Have mercy on me. She's asking for mercy for herself. She does not cry out for mercy for her daughter. She cries out for mercy for herself. I also want you to notice that she cries out to the right person. No doubt she's tried everybody else. No doubt she's done everything else she possibly can. But here she is crying out to the right person, O Lord, thou son of David. First of all, she realized his authority. Then she realized his power. His power and authority. All of these things that she has going on converge into one attitude of a broken-hearted love for a daughter who was suffering. Let me say that again. All of these things converge for a broken-hearted love for a daughter who was suffering. She turned to the only one who could do something about it, and that was Jesus. Again, what was Jesus' response? Simply just kept silent. <laughs> Didn't answer her a word. Now, I have no idea why Jesus kept silent. I know the character of Jesus, and it was meek and lowly in heart. He was gentle, he was merciful, he was gracious. So he was not being rude, he had something else planned. Again, it's not my point to try to surmise as to what Jesus was doing here in this passage, but I want you to understand, he wasn't just being rude. He had something greater. In his silence, this Gentile, broken-hearted mother begins to harass the disciples. Look at verse 23. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Okay, so we see, first of all, a broken-hearted love. Second of all, I want you to see a bothered harassment. A bothered harassment. It does not appear that the disciples are very pleased with this lady's passion. They're not super excited about her passionate desire. They're like, you're harassing us, lady. Now, ladies, I'm going to try to be as careful as I possibly can here. But this lady was nagging these disciples something fierce. As only, now I'm not going to say that. Thank you. But look at what the disciples say to Jesus. Again, verse 23. They say, send her away. Send her away. Now, if you've been coming to church the last little bit, you know that this is the exact same phrase that the disciples said about the 5,000 people that were to be fed by Jesus Christ. He, they said, send them away that they may go find bread of their own. Send them away. They need to go find their own food. Listen, this was beginning to be an attitude of the disciples. And again, don't beat up on them too hard. They were tired. They were frustrated. They were anxious to get to a spot where they could just relax for a little bit. And now Jesus isn't even answering this lady. And so now they come to, she comes to the disciples and is harassing them. Getting all over them. Getting up in their face and saying, listen, you got to do something. 
And the disciples were bothered by her harassment. I want you to understand something this morning. They did not care that this lady's daughter was possessed with the devil. It's noticeable. Hey, get out of here, lady. They did not care that this lady's daughter was possessed with the devil. They simply wanted some quiet time. Guess what they did? They defaulted to what they wanted. They defaulted to what they wanted. They asked Jesus for something for themselves. Get her out of here. She's making our ears bleed. She's driving us nuts. Jesus, do something. Send her away. Now let me ask you, what is the difference between these two attitudes that come to Jesus? We see a bothered harassment, or we see a broken-hearted love. What's the difference? What is the difference between these two relations, or excuse me, these two attitudes? The very simple answer is simply relationship. The last two weeks we've been talking about relationships and how important they are. Relationships uh, all across passionate relationships. Every person that we meet, a passionate relationship, but also a purposeful relationship. Now let me ask you, what is the relationship difference here? We see a mother and a daughter. Passionate relationship, right? Or at least it should be. And then we see the disciples and this lady. No connection whatsoever. No purpose whatsoever. Just a random lady that comes out of the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Really don't want to have anything to do with her. Just a bothered relationship. This lady was the mother of the daughter in need, and the disciples had no relationship with them whatsoever. In fact, they may have even been predisposed to look down on her. That's a Gentile dog. This lady is, she's crazy. She's messed up. She's got this going on and that going on, and we don't want any part of her. Listen, sometimes we as Christians can be just like the disciples. And immediately most of us would get our backs up and say, no, not me. I would never treat somebody like this. In fact, we will often come to Jesus because of the bothersome harassment of a need. Have you ever felt bothered by somebody's need? Have you ever felt frustrated by somebody's need? Have you ever been angry about somebody's need? Oh, again, most of us would say, no, not me. So perhaps the best way to understand this is to see it from a perspective of a heartbreaking love. Look at this mother and, again, her passionate plea for her daughter. Look with me in verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Verse 26. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Watch her answer. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. I don't know about you, but I can just feel the passion. 
I can feel the broken heart. Listen, God, I don't need the real bread. I just need some crumbs. I just need a little something to help my daughter. I don't need the full meal deal. Just a few crumbs that would fall. That's enough. She doesn't give up with Jesus' silence. She didn't give up uh, with, with the disciples getting after her. She doesn't give up when Jesus says, hey, I'm only called to the lost sheep of Israel. She comes and she worships him and she says again, Lord, help me. I want you to notice that twice she asked for mercy on herself and she asked for help for herself. I want you to understand a mother and a daughter. When a daughter is going through something difficult, a mother internalizes that thing. It's, it's, it becomes one with her. And no doubt, the mother was dealing with some things of her own. No doubt, the mother was trying to help this poor daughter. And no doubt, this daughter was probably lashing out at her mother, a demon-possessed little girl. There was all kinds of things going wrong. But if the daughter had a problem, it was the mother's problem as well. Don't miss that. The Bible tells us that we ought to be weeping with them who weep and rejoicing with them that do rejoice. Your problem ought to be my problem. Jesus again pushes back. He says, I'm not going to give the children's bread to the dogs. But the mother, again, in passionate, great faith, in passionate perseverance, she doesn't argue with him. Now, ladies, if somebody came to you and called you a dog, what would be your first initial instinct? Very spiritual, right? <laughs> Most of you would argue and say, no, that's not me, that's not who I am. She says truth. Truth. You're right. You got me. She doesn't argue. She, she just says, I know I'm a dog, but I just need some small scraps. I know I'm not worthy to come into your presence, but I just need some small scraps off the table. I know that I'm a deep, dark, dirty, rotten sinner, and I know that I can't do anything in your presence. I just need some scraps. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you approached the Lord for a need that wasn't your own like this? When was the last time you looked around our church and you saw somebody that had need and you came to the Lord Jesus Christ like this? In a passionate perseverance. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to stop until I have just a few scraps off of your table. When was the last time you felt so brokenhearted for someone in our church that you had to run to Jesus for them and not let go. What was the last time? Again, most of us would never say that we are annoyed by people and their needs. But when was the last time we approached Jesus like this brokenhearted mother? 
When was the last time we approached Jesus with such passion that we would not let go of him? When was the last time you felt so much love for your neighbor that you had to run to Jesus and beg and plead for him, with him for their salvation? Again, I think, again, I think if most of us are honest, there may have been a few isolated instances where that has happened. But on a regular basis, most of us, if we're honest, are like the disciples. We say things like, just make the problem go away so that I don't have to deal with it anymore. Just make the problem go away so that I don't have to listen to her anymore. Just make the problem go away so that I don't have to listen to his struggles anymore. Just make the problem go away. Again, what's the difference? Can I bring you back to just one word? Relationship. Relationship. Let me ask you this morning, do you have a relationship with people in our church? Do you have a relationship with people in our church? Do you have a relationship with the people that are sitting next to you? Now again, there's what, 80, 100 people here this morning? You, it's almost nigh unto impossible to have a relationship with all of these people. 10? 15? People that you can passionately pray for. Do you have a relationship with your coworker? Do you have a relationship with your neighbor? Oh, yeah, we say hello every morning. When we walk into church, I know exactly what, they're, they, what they did at work this week. No, no, as Pastor Levi mentioned, purposeful relationship. Relationship that delves into what are you struggling with this week? What are you feeling? What are you going through? What did you learn this week? How can I help you this week? A purposeful, passionate relationship. Let me ask you, do you view people as Jesus views them? People in desperate need of a Savior. Do you love them as Jesus loved them? Do you love them enough to inconvenience yourself at the throne of God, begging for God to deliver them? Do we love them that much? Most of us, again, if I'm just being honest, maybe it's just me, maybe I should just be preaching to myself. At dinner time, as we sit down for a meal, we pray, God, please help so-and-so, and please help so-and-so, and please help so-and-so, and God bless them, and God bless them. We can take a prayer list, which we have, by the way, and we can burn through those names pretty quick. But I'm asking, do we love them enough to spend a great deal of time passionately, passionately persevering with the Savior? Or are we like the disciples? We need this type of reaching out right now, right now in our church. We need people that will passionately have a relationship with other people and love them and come to God with a broken heart and love and beg and plead with God for their deliverance. Maybe, even just maybe, reach out to them and actually do something about it. We have, again, I'm just going to get a little bit personal. We have people in our church that are going through very difficult times. 
that struggle just to make a meal for themselves, for their families. We have opportunities almost on a weekly basis to make a meal for somebody. Listen, that may not even come out through the church email, but some of you know them. Some of you just desperately just want to shut them up. Oh, we would never say that out loud, would we? But instead of passionately praying for them, passionately doing something for them, we just are like the disciples, just make it stop. If you're in the habit of writing things down, I have one quote for you today. It's this, effectively reaching out requires cultivating relationships. Effectively reaching out requires cultivating relationships. And you know what relationships take? They take time. They take effort. They take work. They take love. But again, if we're being honest, let's, let's, just, let's just call it what it is, right? This is the pot calling the kettle black, I understand. But we're tired. We work hard all week. We just want a break. We just want all these things. And listen. I'm right there with you. But sometimes, instead of running to Jesus saying, oh, just get them out of here. We ought to put aside our wants, our needs, and passionately pursue this need for Jesus. How do you view the needs in our church? How do you view the list that we send out every Wednesday? How do you view people's needs in our community? Do you view them as a bothersome harassment or do you view them from a broken-hearted love? I wish I could just snap my fingers and it would change from a bothersome harassment to a broken-hearted love just like that. It doesn't work that way. You've got to take some time and get to know some people. You've got to take some time and understand where they're coming from. Feel their hurts. So let me ask, will you reach out with the right attitude? Now, we obviously don't want to pass over what Jesus eventually did for this lady. This is the power of Jesus Christ. So look at the last verse in this passage, this story. Look at verse 28. He says, I just need some crumbs in verse 27. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. By the way, Jesus only said that twice to my knowledge. And both of them were about Gentiles, one a Roman centurion, the other a Canaanite woman. Great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See the results of what could happen? See the results of what could happen if somebody passionately pursued. But not only that, this is a wonderful picture of the salvation of our Lord. The wonderful picture of the fact that we are all sinners. We are all, if you were, proverbial dogs under the table. Not welcome at the table. We're under looking for something. We don't deserve a place at the table. But if we could just have a few crumbs, we believe that would be enough to sustain us. 
What happens is then we trust by faith that Jesus Christ will provide for us. And then by God's amazing grace and his incredible mercy, Jesus lifts us up and sits us at his table. He changes us from a dog to a child. He says, come, sit with me in heavenly places. And we are no longer under the table. We can now be a member of his family. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 12. The Bible says this, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Listen, this lady came to, these, to Jesus and said, I need you. I need you. Help me. I can't do it. I believe that you are the one who can. Listen, all of us sit here this morning, we cannot make it to heaven on our own. We will try, we will work hard, we'll try to do nice things, we'll try to be nice to old ladies, help them across the street, we'll try to do all these nice things, but the reality is not one of us deserves, not one of us can make it, not one of us can do it on our own. We need Jesus Christ, and so we have to believe in him, that he is the only one. And then when he says, he will give you power to become the sons of God, you're a dirty dog. Right now, where we sit. But he says, come here. Come under me. I want to lift you up. I want to make you my son. All of us here today. Won't you come to Jesus? Won't you come to him? Won't you beg him? Won't you plead with him? He is the only one that can heal you from your sin. He is the only one who can bring you Give you power to become the son or the child of God. I don't know where you, where you are today or where your spiritual life is, but I hope that today you'll come to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, thank you so much for your word and for all that it means and the stories found therein and the application that can be made. Father, each and every one of us, in some way, shape, or form, we need you. Father, I, I pray that the next time we're asked for one thing, Father, it wouldn't be for us, but it would be for the people around us. Not that it's wrong to pray for the needs of our own, but Father, when, when push comes to shove, we would care more about others than we do ourselves. We would be passionate about helping other people, reaching out to them. Father, if there's one here today that does not know you, they've never come to you. Maybe they've heard about you. Father, they have a deep-seated sin issue. I pray that today they would come to know you as personal Savior. Father, we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. We ask all these things in your name.